<laughs> Welcome to the Hybrid Performance Podcast. This guy doesn't even know Dude, the that's name of the not even the name of the podcast. <laughs> it's only the second one. Jesus fucking Christ. What's the name? All right. Hello, guys. Welcome back to episode two of Hybrid Unlimited. This week, we have a special guest in the house. Actually, our first outside guest ever. Do you feel pr- uh, privileged? To be in this position today? Yes, I do. I'm so happy to be <laughs> Alex, here. Shut your mouth. It's a complete honor. <laughs> my name is Alex Bench. Next to me is Meg Squats. Yeah, that's what I'm talking <laughs> about. Oh, this is the guest. My bad. How you doing, Meg? Yeah, I feel great. Thank you for having me. Of course. I, I said, like, you sure you want me on the podcast? I'm kind of an idiot, but you guys said yes, definitely. <laughs> there's, there's no one else in town. We probably would have chose someone else if we had other <laughs> options, but we got the content out there, sister, you know, so give us something. Oh, I know. Also with us, we have Ryan. Meg's partner, business partner, life partner, uh, roommate. We cohabitate. Sexual partner. Yeah. Sexual oh, partner. Lovers. Um, <laughs> you could say that once in a while. When you're married, you know. Yeah. Steph and Hayden don't know yet, but one day you'll know. <laughs> <laughs> and we have my co-host Hayden Bow. Hayden, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm ready to to cast the pods. Awesome. So, uh, what's new? What's new at Hybrid? We got Black Friday coming up. I think we announced that on the previous podcast. Hey, no one knows it. when it's that. It's still coming up, though. No, no one. <laughs> you haven't heard the previous podcast. <laughs> now you're in this one. You skipped the first one because <laughs> you're only listening to this one because you saw Meg Squats is on it. Well, we have Black Friday. Do you guys have Black Friday? Yeah. Oh, wow. It's nationwide, Come I here. heard. Oh, wow. Very nice. What else do we have coming up that we haven't mentioned? What haven't we mentioned? I mean, it's only been like a week. I don't think there's anything new or exciting just yet. Oh, there's always something new. We're moving the, the media headquarters and the apparel business over oh, to yes. uh, another location expanding just down that. the block, expanding to another 5,000 square foot location. So that's in the works. So we'll be podcasting in a mansion, essentially, of 5,000 square feet. Essentially. <laughs> what constitutes a mansion? I think it's over 4,500 square feet. Mm. Is that right? You Google I it? Think so. Fact checker. <laughs> yeah, let's just say it's correct. It's going to take too long for you to get it pulled up. Caesar, you're going to have to get better <laughs> at that. <laughs> I'm going to take this time to thank the listeners for, you know, having patience with us as we learn the ins and outs of podcasting, the podcasting, the art of podcasting. Caesar, you're going to have to figure that one out, but that's too slow. <laughs> oh, we're right there. Hey, that I'm wasn't bad. Right. I'm always That was right. pretty quick. Yeah. Mansion. Nice work. A mansion of a warehouse. I like no, there it. you go. We just made the cut. Yeah. What else are we going to have there? Um, well, the apparel. We're going to have run out of there. Podcasting, screen printing. the, the uh, media team is going to work out of there, uh, and maybe we might have a little communal space for, uh, you know, everyone, all the coaches to work out of and do that stuff. Oh, uh, photo shoot studio, clutch. Cool. I heard a rumor that Steph was individually going to be screen printing every shirt that goes out of here. That's correct. That's her new <laughs> role. She's not going to be doing informative content anymore. You know, She's just going to kind of take a couple steps back. I'm going to take her role. I'm going to be the new best female powerlifter of all time. Right. And she's just going to print the shirts. Well, that's what you went to grad school for, no? Yeah. Something like printing. that. Something like that. <laughs> Along those lines. Just, you know, stay in your lane. <laughs> I make my own lane. Am I right? What was uh, What were we arguing about there? Oh, yeah. The CBD. The CBD <laughs> post. Yeah, yeah. That what well, so what was the beef with that? Basically somebody commented Hold on, let's backtrack. So I made uh I made an informative video about C B D products. But honestly, it wasn't so much criticizing C B D benefits, but more so criticizing the marketing behind it. 
the ideas behind it and just kind of the uh, uh, false advertisement essentially for what CBD actually, what CBD does versus what it actually does. But messages are always misconstrued by people reading them. Like they always misinterpret what you want to say and want to, like they're looking for something to get upset about. Yeah, they kind of, they twist it. They twist what you say into an argument that they don't agree with so that they can attack that, attack that argument. Yeah, so essentially this guy was telling me that I need to stay on my lane, that I'm not qualified to be um, interpreting research about CBD. But, I mean, reality is one of the benefits or, or um, effects of CBD is pain reduction. And pain reduction is within the realms of scope of practice of a physical therapist. So it's like you're telling me that a doctor in physical therapy doesn't qualify me to read peer-reviewed articles and journals and be able to interpret them and then be able to get to my own conclusion based on what I read about a product that decreases pain. Or that claims to decrease pain? Of course I am. So I told him, this is my lane, bitch. Here's my thing. You know, <laughs> exactly. like, I'm sober. I'm straight edge. I don't do any drugs and stuff. But, like, shouldn't you just smoke some good old reefer, like, back in the days? Because that's going to relieve the pain, like the CBDs. But it's also going to get you high and feeling good, yeah, right? Yeah, some people might not want that. Oh. I don't like getting high. Ingredient. But, you know, what? I feel like CBD, I don't know if I'm going to take heat for this, but I'm going to risk it. I feel like CBD, who it attracts is the people who never did any drugs growing up at all and now it's kind of becoming into it's like coming into mainstream culture now and they're like ooh here's this like edgy attractive thing that I never got involved in when I'm young I'll like mm. dip my toe in the part reefer, the drug world you know reefer. it comes from cannabis and it's like they're trying CBD now thoughts but also weed's hardly even know. considered a drug nowadays like you're not frowned upon like when I was growing up and I was smoking weed they're like ooh look at that pothead you know what I mean now yeah. it's like oh he's another guy yeah, true. So it's, it's well, I think it's definitely more accepted amongst our sort of demographic, our generation. Our generation, definitely. Well, also, because now you can put marketing dollars behind it, it will change the culture entirely, That's just true. like anything else. It's so, bringing more professionalism to the yeah. whole space. Mm -hmm. And now people who have money are getting involved in the culture, so that's going to change entirely everything. Whereas before, people who didn't have money or at least publicly couldn't say – it was always a casual drug mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. I think, and also people always want to believe that there's like a miracle cure, you know? The allure of this like magical product that has all of this benefits will cure every ailment that you well, have. Have you ever heard of any, or have you ever heard a hardcore stoner talking about the benefits of weed? It's the same thing. They I heard about them all in everything. your comment section. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I saw you. I saw you in real time liking all of my. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So coming soon is hybrid CBD oil. <laughs> oh no. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, I might. I, like I said, I don't have anything against CBD. I, I use it sometimes, but. I mean, those guys are making a lot of money. So. Do you yeah, see hybrid maybe. CBD? We were talking about it the other day. Mike Tyson got is is like fully in. That's like his whole business now. Really? Oh. He brought uh, a thing on Joe Game Rogan's podcast too, right? Oh, is he? Yeah. He like I think he stopped playing the pokers and he's just doing the CBDs. Wow. Just the CBDs. Yeah. I mean, Dan definitely... Bilzerian has so many. Um, he has like a modeling business. Did you know oh, that? Oh, this chick's from. Oh, yeah. okay. It's, and I know of a couple of girls who are like in the, mm. they go to the events and stuff. And I'm like, Do you know uh, what the process is to get accepted as one of Dan Bilzerian's models? You gotta be hot um, as hell. I'm not sure, but <laughs> you gotta oh, be hot so as hell hot. and skinny. Like really skinny, yeah, big boobies. Like big booty host. I imagine some very strict Stop NDAs. Writing. Yes, probably. About what they can and can't talk uh, about. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm guessing, but yeah. Hold on, wait. Am I supposed to hear you guys in these headphones? No. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Okay. <laughs> What's the purpose nervous? of this? I think just like noise canceling, so you can like not get distracted or something. 
Uh, oh, we're going to get the mixer, guys. Don't cool. worry. The ones and twos? DJ oh, yeah. Sleazy C. I need more, I more Steffi in my headphones. <laughs> more snare in my headphones. So um, what's new, Meg? What are you working on these days? You're, you're towards the end trail of your one-month-long mo- one trip. Yeah. So we did doing? a little bit of traveling, kind of, both personal and business. Um, we went and saw Juju Mufu, my favorite YouTuber, saw besides Steffi Khan. Um, Damn, I'm a YouTuber now. I'm almost at that 100K mark. Oh, hell yeah. You're going to get your plaque soon. Yeah, I think excited. they still give out the plaque. I hope so. Do I've they? Been waiting for that. Yeah, I think excited. they do. But we, well, actually, John was saying they might not. Get anymore. your plaque because I didn't ever redeem mine because this is going to sound really bad. I never celebrate like, like I felt like 100K wasn't a big enough benchmark for me to really shoot towards. So I never redeemed to get the plaque because I'm like, who cares? 100K, every fucking I'll buddy has 100K. I'll get million soon. Yeah. I'm like, I'll wait for the one million. Like, I don't want this shitty plaque. But I regret Dang, that. Dude. I regret no, that I because it. I should Check celebrate. that pride, sister. I right? know. Celebrate you got to savor all the small victories. Yeah, you got to celebrate the small victories. <laughs> Part of the journey. I'm trying to get better at that. So I wish I would have gotten it. But um, So yeah, what else? It. You're Okay, you're traveling. You saw Juju Mufu. Yeah, I'm almost done. We haven't announced this on the... I saw you guys uh, cover our photo with, with your photo. Oh, yeah, you like oh, that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> When he told me, I was like, wait, what? And he's like, don't worry, he's joking. I was like, the nerve. (laughs) Yeah. That was kind of fucked up. It was kind (laughs) of fucked up. I think I slapped Ryan's hand. I was like, don't do that. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, we went on a little trip. We went to New York City. I saw a bunch of Broadway shows. Did you see Book of Mormon? No, I saw that a long time ago. I've seen it before. I took it for her birthday. I saw it the first round when it came out, too. Amazing. That's yeah, the best so one. Uh, we saw, I compared this to uh, Book of Mormon. We saw Beetlejuice. Yeah. Amazing. Like, amazing show if you ever go to New York. And it's not too expensive. But Beetlejuice, the Broadway show, is getting a lot of publicity because of TikTok. Wow, really? Yes. And and people are, you know TikTok, you like redo a song, like you use the audio from a song? Right. Beetlejuice has a lot of like funny, obvious, funky funny ones. ones. Um. So, yeah, I saw, I kept seeing the Beetlejuice songs on TikTok. I'm like, I'm going to go see this fucking show. Wow. But I love, like, Broadway musicals and stuff like that. Well, Have you watched said, the movies and stuff? Uh, uh, like up, Beetlejuice? Like, yeah. Or the movie? We, I watched it, and I remember, I remembered, like, the important stuff. But we watched it again. I'm like, this movie's so weird. Like, yeah, it's oh, yeah. inappropriate, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's interesting how uh, the effect that TikTok is having on uh, artists. Like, aren't they saying that, like, the top hits are coincide with the songs that are mostly trending on, trending on TikTok? Yeah. TikTok? That's how That's I crazy. learn what songs are trendy, TikTok. Yeah. I sometimes put on, on Spotify or Apple, I, I put most popular songs on TikTok and mm-hmm. found, find a bunch of good ones. Really? Yeah. Are you a TikToker, Meg? I um, unironically watch TikTok. Like, but I'm a fan. You don't do the TikTok. I'm trying to get on it and just repost things that okay. I post, but it doesn't work. No, it's difficult. TikTok's difficult. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm a fan, but I'm not an influencer. I'm not right. a TikToker. Yet. Yet. This is my yeah. favorite line for my favorite TikTok. But anyway, that's the Gucci gang shit. <laughs> eh, you know the motherfucking vibes. Oh, okay. Word, 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 word. Uh-huh. I think you guys uh-huh. need to get a time machine and be like 10 years younger. I disagree. Years younger to be relevant on TikTok. Wait, don't ages in me. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait. I have a question because I answer this a different way. If you could go back and start everything earlier on the internet, would you do it? I don't know because timing's so important. Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like it might mess up things. 
I'll, I'll, yeah, a lot of the reasons why we've been able to do what we did is because of the timing and how what we sort of presented as a product aligned with the growth of the sport and, mm -hmm. and things like that. So, I do think that it's an advantage though if you if you can get a head start to get in early. Yeah, because. The, I mean, like, you know, as you know, the platform has changed so much. The I hate the, to be that person. Talking about algorithms is mm -hmm. similar to talking about conspiracy theories, I yeah. feel like, you know. <laughs> but um, I don't know. I do think that at the beginning there was less competition. The algorithm favored uh, post-exposure. Um, so I don't know. I mean, it, I think it would have been easier to build a following if you would have. But think, think of... Uh think of sort of like businesses like yours that you know you've timed it well sort of like with how popular feminism and like the whole girl power movement kind of has mm -hmm. come into play it's like i don't know if that was as popular back 10 years ago or however many years ago it definitely didn't have the power same lifting same ex yeah exactly so it's like would you have been able to get that traction early on and to add 10 years ago i was a huge hot mess pile of shit you would have fought every <laughs> person in the youtube comments <laughs> you know how it is send me your address I, let's do this i would be like if someone like your cbd post someone would have challenged an idea that i had i'd be like bitch where are you at meet me mother. in the meet me in the summit mall parking lot and nah, we'll figure this shit out you say that so. now but you 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 would have quickly realized that that's not the way to argue with those people yeah, 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 possibly, but... Do you feel like you could have made that movement cool then, regardless? Like, if you took you from now, not the hot mess version, mm -hmm. went back in time. I think I started, message? like the points that you all made, I started powerlifting at a good time where the sport was really, uh, really growing, on the women's side especially, and a time where the only answer to... A Christian Guzman or a Max Tuning on the YouTube platform was a bikini fitness model, a Nikki Blackadder or women who were doing the more bodybuilding style. So I came in at a spot where I was at the time maybe the only powerlifter girl YouTuber who was taking you through a day in the life of like a powerlifter on the women's side of it. So that was my little window of opportunity. And I was also started when I was like 25. So I was a little bit more mature. I had my identity figured out for the most part. Whereas before I didn't know who I was. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what my message should have been or could have been at that time. So I started at a good time for me where I was mature enough to take criticism for the most part. Um, not in every instance, but I was able to take criticism and also feel confident in who I was that didn't really matter what other people had to say. Mm -hmm. <coughs> and a cool time where people are talking about like very early stages of talking about, oh, I'm a fitness model, essentially, but I don't have the perfect body. Mm -hmm. And like before it would be impossible to do that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think I started everything kind of lined up at the same time. But if I could add a couple of years of experience and like knowing that of course i would be thankful for that yeah but i just wasn't ready what hate when you ask her uh, about her movement like what exactly are you referring to um well just her mission right mm -hmm. put a barbell in every in every female's hands mm -hmm. or woman's hands i'm paraphrasing yeah. maybe but uh that's something that's become accepted and something that that is like cool and embraced now 
like less and less you're seeing that lifting is for men only for men and and bodybuilding and all those different aspects so i i was just thinking like the timeline worked out well in her favor that that sort of movement came in at the same time that it you know crossfit was pushing like girls can lift and not look like bodybuilders or you know uh you had various different sort of like strength sports kind of being more accepting and encouraging of female mm-hmm. athletes and maybe you played a role in that and some of the other females in the industry played a role in that too i'm not sure like what came first but that was sort of my uh my my reasoning for the question and then obviously it's taken off like crazy mm-hmm. like feminism in general in the sports space is such a huge thing there's companies that base their entire mission on that you know mm-hmm. so and you see more and more of them every day some of them i think are not necessarily for the right reasons That's and they're what just I was gonna say. sort of capitalizing on the the trendiness of the whole uh females in sport thing but i also think that there's a lot of people who are starting it for reasons like meg that are you know they're doing it for the right reasons and they're helping direct that narrative in a in a good direction yeah i think in the current day and age, I think it's feminism has become become a fundamentally flawed construct. Because what was feminism intended for initially? Equality. The equality. Equal rights between among <clears throat> men and women. Right? But I think that has evolved over the last few years to a much more convoluted construct. I, yeah, I think when it's it's taken in the wrong context or it's used for the wrong reasons. Sometimes it has the ability to transform from we want to have the same women wanting to have the same rights as men to like women versus men. And I think that's where a huge problem comes. Like even just terms like toxic masculinity and all those things that you hear all the time. It's there. I feel like the intention of them is it's, it's not helping create equality. It's kind of creating a divide and that's where yeah, it's a, a lot of the feminist movement has gone off and track, I, in my opinion. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Um, no, I'd say some people don't know what they want to say, so they may latch on to ideas that they see are working and use that as a direction to point themselves into. So I mentioned to you, we've stopped saying empowerment, women's empowerment, because it seems to me like every other female fitness coach has used that (laughs) and i'm like well now you've just taken away the what that actually means um what does it actually mean women's empowerment so i would think it's in my in the sense where i work i did notice when i first started lifting um i was lucky enough to be in a gym where a lot of badass chicks were lifting and I would post about it on the internet and all of my comments were saying, I wish I could lift at your gym. I'm the only girl. I'm alone. Uh, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And there's not, I don't feel comfortable asking maybe a guy like Alex, like you, a, a smaller woman or a woman in general may be intimidated, intimidated by you. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I understood how that would feel for my past experiences at the gym. So that's why we started Strong Strong Friends to provide for me free information and resources and kind of embody uh, the space that we were lucky enough to have and create that on the internet for people to share their stories and have a community around this place that doesn't exist anywhere um, at that time and try to get people excited about lifting in the gym so that maybe they can form their own communities in their gyms. So at that point, to me, that was an empowering thing. 
where it's like, yeah, we're empowering you with free information, the maybe confidence to feel like you just by lifting a weight, you won't completely change your body to something that you don't want it to be. Maybe you should try this. And I don't think there were that many people encouraging women to do that. So for me, that's what was empowering. And I found it to be empowering for other people. So, or, and it didn't just, it wasn't just women. It was all people who watched their gyms change over the past like five, 10 years. That's an empowering thing for a community to get more people involved and your gym grows and it's fun. It's fun to like also not just be a bunch of dudes lifting, I'm sure. Well, I would hope. Um, but as I kept going, I noticed people latching onto it and it being like women's empowerment and it's to sell something. And it's like, I feel like I never put the words women's empowerment on a program that I was selling. That was just a part of the mission. So we kind of just stopped using certain phrases that I felt were being overused. And uh, are there I other mean, ones like what off the top of your head? Maybe like uh, some of them I associate with like pyramid schemes. <laughs> <laughs> so like um, boss babes. Um, I feel like any gangs, girl gang. Um uh, yeah, just like kind of these like trite, meaningless things that to me, it's it's all kind of corny. It just becomes kind of corny, you know? Um, I don't know if you have anything to Yeah, I mean, or... it's not even like they are meaningless, but they can, like you said, kind of become kind of mean. Not meaningless, but maybe they're diluted or you kind of, the more you see, because like big box chains, I think I was like Target or something starts selling all these like empowered Mint sort of, and it's like that just feels like you're monetizing. The meaning behind it isn't genuine, right? Uh, and I mean, it doesn't mean that it's poorly intentioned or that it's the wrong direction of the message, but at a certain point, it just feels like commercialized. Yeah. yeah, when you see Chase Bank is every every bank in the world is celebrating Pride Month. I think that's great in ways, but also it's like, are you doing this because it's part of your value system, or are you doing this because it opens you up to a new market? Right, and I think or, it also. And, it's virtue signaling in that way. Not that I'm saying every person who uses these things is is doing exactly that. But, but if also that's the only time that you kind of do anything for a movement or for a cause, then it's probably more of like, a, well, you're just kind of hopping on this thing. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And I mean, I think it comes with some – any business owner has to have some creativity and uh, something original about them so that they don't fall into those traps and Instagram and social media has lended owning a business to so many more people that it's no longer you see successful and smart business people having businesses. Anybody can have one mm -hmm. or at least s seemingly have one. Mm -hmm. um, so you see a little bit more um, copying and, and using grabbing a phrase and holding on to it, um, which is fine, but it becomes boring. And I try not to, just latch on to something for the sake of like, oh, it sounds cool. And like people can relate with this maybe, mm -hmm. you know, yeah, maybe, they, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, yeah, but just wait till our next drop. Yeah. That's a joke. That's oh. <laughs> just like, <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. We've, um, so I have one of our most popular pieces that we've sold. It's a shirt that says one strong bitch. And it's like that in, in my, that is synonymous with women's empowerment. That phrase, those phrases are synonymous, but they're not the same phrase. And it's your own. Yeah. Which is yeah. cool. It's not one that you heard a million places and mm -hmm. then jumped on the bandwagon. I still want one of those hats. A one oh, strong bitch? One yeah. Oh, we got to get you one. Oh, yeah. Do you consider yourself a feminist? Yeah, I would say, but I agree with you. It's 
it's a difficult thing because my um there is one definition of feminism and everybody knows it but that can take you like on one end of the spectrum to the other and there's so much disagreement under the umbrella of feminism that even just saying yes i'm a feminist can be a controversial statement because uh people will either say no you're not you're not intersectional enough you're not a feminist or on the other end people will say well i believe in equality but i'm not a feminist because of x y and z reason so do i believe more of a personal thing i feel like so many decisions like that it's like it's your personal choice people don't need to know your exact guidelines to making choices like that in your life and if it needs to be so defined for everyone they're thinking too much into it Yeah. Yeah. And I know that I have a value system. Equality is up there. Um, but how I, how I do that, um, doesn't require me to lead with, hi, I'm Meg, I'm a feminist. I try to embody what I believe in and how I want the world to be in change and how I want myself to live my life with a set of values. What (laughs) something I thought was super interesting that you always said, and which I think aligns better with feminism is I think positioning. I mean, I'm, I'm a guy, so I'm talking out of my ass, but no, you're not. I mean, you're around <laughs> me a lot. I, and I, around I think that uh, a better position to take with feminism is just showing empowerment without like almost talking about it too much where it's like a lot of, when I see a lot of feminism on social media, it's kind of like punching up against men and it shows women almost in a weaker position and they're just sort of making more obvious this gap when what I thought was really cool that you said one time was that you never felt held back in any way by being female Mm -hmm. like it was never even something that came into your your mind like when you played soccer you played with the dudes until you were good enough to be respected by them Mm -hmm. you know you've both of you have have walked into sort of like a male dominated industry and done really well with it and and it it was ne- you were never like in a place of weakness where you felt like you had to make like really make a point mm-hmm. you know yeah i would say to play devil's advocate I, I don't know if this is exactly like a response to that but there are some things where i felt i needed to take a stance to try to improve the world in a way and my industry in a way. So for instance, before there were bikini models doing my job before there were many power, female power lifters doing our, the similar kind of things that we do. So for me, it was important to stay true to myself and take a position where I didn't want my entire feed and who I was to be what most women were doing to be successful. And that's showing their bodies and, uh, every shot is, a, I mean, they're bikini models. So every shot's a bikini shot. Like, I, th- I think that makes sense. So it was important for me to provide a response for that and show my feminist stance would be to show other women and try to inspire them. That's like, Hey, you don't have to go that way. So Here's it is, route. it is an action based approach, which is what it should be. Not just a, I'm a feminist and, um, here's my my tagline um this is what i'm gonna say i'm doing so that you get an idea of who i am i think yeah. when it's authentic it really just shows like if it's really who you are and what you believe not something that you've just in general in life and anything that you've just seen people post about on social media you're like oh i want to be like that person 
You know what I mean? And you just take that stance, you start trying to throw it at people. I feel like the, you know, the ingenuineness of it shines through. And then if it's something that you really genuinely believe, you know, it shows more. Instead of it's just someone that's just fucking angry and spewing at the world, you yeah, know? Yeah, I also, I also think that, or I hope that it sometimes, or <clears throat> at some point, it gets to the point where women can be sexually desirable and have a choice in how they want to express themselves or how how much they want to be how revealing they want to be yet still be intellectually respected right you know i we were talking about that hate the other day about how in professional industries like if you're showing too much of your body that i agree like it might be seen as unprofessional especially if your profession doesn't have anything to do with that yeah you know what i mean if you're uh Sexy dentist, but it shouldn't take away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, but I, but it was something along those lines where we were looking at somebody's page and it was like their their professional page, and they did something that was totally irrelevant to mm-hmm. uh, their body, and then the majority of their page was made up of that. So like, the, I just felt like we were, we were talking about it because I felt we sort of just had an open discussion about. But you, you know what the problem... Does it take away from... The problem I see with that sort of thinking, because I, I can agree with both sides of that argument, is that sometimes it might seem like in order for women to be respected, they have to be more like men. You know, I think that's one of the problems with, like, with the modern view of, femininity, of uh, feminism. That in order to be respected, you have to behave more like a man. I mean, think about like the evolution of Disney characters. How, like... How... Uh, the shift between Disney princesses and current like feminine characters, how they've gone from like really dainty and like delicate and feminine to like these badass, powerful, evil, almost like overpowering uh, female characters. I think that's really interesting. But I don't necessarily think that's a step in the right direction necessarily because it's painting femininity as like a weak or fragile or of lesser value than it is. You th- you mean so you think that because those characters are 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 more mirroring masculine ma- male traits. characters? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean then you get into the whole argument of what is a male trait, what is a female trait? Are those just societal constructs and should you be able to do whatever you want in any category? I mean, that's a whole other rabbit hole we could go down. But I, but I mean, I I've experienced point. that myself. Like in order to be accepted by my male soccer team, I had to behave like a dude. You but know? What, but in, in what sense? In all sense. I had to swear. I had to be dirty. I had to fart. like not wear makeup. Burp. Burp, <laughs> fart. I don't know. You know? Sounds like every day for me. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Yeah, and, and that's why I've even taken a shift in my own social media where like I felt like at the beginning I had to or I was seeing success portraying myself as a tomboy, mm-hmm. which I like. I mean, it's it's part of my style, but I also like wearing heels and makeup. But I went through like a kind of like a transformation where got to a point where I realized, hey, I don't ha- I can wear heels and dresses and makeup and be really feminine and still be a badass. I can still be an intellectual and like but wear. I think that idea goes both ways, though, too. Right. Like. If I, just as I am right now, decided I'm going to go into a female-dominated industry, I'm going to get my ass kicked. Like, I'm not going to walk into the makeup field talking like this. But it's not only physical. Like you, would need, you would need to develop certain inner characteristics to help you uh, connect better with a female audience. You would have to be more caring, more empathetic. You would have to be more soft-spoken, you know? 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but that doesn't make make you feminine. Like that just makes you able to connect with females better. Yeah, I don't know. I think Boom, so roasted. <laughs> See our new hybrid makeup palette coming out next week, right? I heard there's uh, good money in that. Uh, well, I was telling you about, okay, you have to follow Jeffree Star, controversial character. But MySpace days right there. Do you know him? Yes. MySpace, oh, so, of course, yeah. dude. He started on MySpace. Super, super hell, popular on MySpace. Famous as hell. And have you followed his career no, recently? No, no. He's a billionaire. Uh, I don't know if he's a legit a billionaire, but he's getting up there. Um, he is both very masculine and very feminine. And it's the most interesting um, character of a person that I think I've ever seen. Full face of makeup, and he's still very masculine. Like, makeup, nails, like, blinged out nails. Um, I was telling you, like, iced out AP, like, I don't know, heels, but he still presents. I have to look into this guy. He somehow, I don't know, somehow, but... How did his fame start in MySpace? Was it, he, he was a musician, a musician. right? Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, um, but still presents as a male um, and crushes the beauty industry, crushes. But he's still very masculine, and I would say many of his personality traits. Um, so I was thinking about if you were to go into the makeup field, um, which it sounds like you're ready, um, <laughs> you could look yeah. into that kind of balance of the different energies and styles and. There's so many things that Meg, have have you ever been in a position where as a female, obviously, have you been in a position where you felt like you were treated unfairly? Mm, uh, I would say w only one time I realized I was a there was a guy who we had the same sponsor and he told me how much he was making and I was like, I'm fucking out. Like, I'm out the door because this was too heavily skewed in his favor. We were pretty close in numbers, maybe, like, back and forth on Instagram and uh, YouTube. Like, he crushed me on YouTube. I crushed him on Instagram. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm, like, done. Because his – he was probably making, like, four times what I was making. But did you bring that up to the people who are sponsoring? Um, no, because I don't think – it, I was just out because I'm like, I don't need to be treated in this way. You know what I mean? And I didn't fight it because I didn't need to. So that was in a privileged position altogether. So it's like, it's like a rich person, like sad that they're not ri as rich as the other rich person. You know what I mean? Um, so I didn't. I was going to say, yeah, it wasn't just like the affiliate. It was like base salary. Like mm -hmm. starting point monthly. Could he add much more obligations or, or anything like that possibly? I was going to say, I think you guys like kind of covered terms and stuff. And yeah, I think we had uh, similar over. terms in the case. And so that was the only experience. I'm like, yes, I could have fought for it. But I just realized that was, I like I would have started arguing for someone else to pay me more money when I was already moving in the transition of really starting my own business where mm -hmm. it didn't fucking matter how anyone treated me and I could use my femininity or just a, being a woman to like that idea alone and like that factor of me alone to make way more money than what this one company was offering yeah. me. So you think that had to do with your gender? Um, possibly. I mean, there's the only obvious difference comparing the, the metrics altogether, but you have to also think maybe our audience is different. Maybe it was a supplement company. <laughs> maybe men buy a lot more supplements than women, which is true. Um, it's interesting that you mentioned that because I, I, I had the opposite experience. Like, I think I'm the highest paid athlete that animal has. 
and I'm the only female athlete that they have too. Well, yeah. you're also crushing it. I was gonna say you're true. also you. It also yeah. I mean, and it so it depends on the circumstance as well. No, I mean, too. I'm not saying it. It is a reality. Like women all over the world are undercompensated, <laughs> undervalued, and overworked. You know, that is the reality of the situation. And there are some fields where it's heavily biased towards males and that's just the reality, right? But it doesn't mean that there's no opportunity. But anyway, I mean, I guess I feel you, like you we could go in I can't circles. remember what comedian it is. It might have been Bill Burr. But if you ever heard whatever, whoever, whatever comedian it was, his stance was like, he was talking about how women were super selfish. It's like, you guys already make all the people. <laughs> Can you guys just let us have the high-paying jobs? You know, like how how much more do you need? And I was like, that's hilarious, but also kind of a good point. <laughs> you you kind of have an important role as it is, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, we have to make all the people and then raise all the people, and that's all unpaid. And go to labor. work. I mean, I th- we're getting a pretty good deal. It's a lot of expectations. <laughs> you guys are fighting for us to have a really good, really good deal in society. But anyway, before we close it off. Um, I've been reading Educated. I was talking to Mike this morning about it. I love the book. It's an amazing book. Everyone should read it. Yeah, Every so woman awesome. should read it. Yes. Uh, and uh, I took some notes today about a, a portion that, and, and that's actually ties into our conversation today. Uh, there's So I'm going to quote it. I wrote it down. I wonder how I could be a woman and yet be drawn to unwomanly things. So I thought that was really interesting. It was referring to... Um, what she was interested in. So initially she went to college uh, in pursuit of a music career. So she wanted to become a director of a choir. Uh, And suddenly she felt drawn to uh, politics uh, and more kind of like law and those kinds of topics. And she was thinking about switching and going going to law school like doing a pre-law and then going to law school. And she was having a conversation with one of her best friends and she asked him if he were a woman, if he would still go to law school. And he said, no, because if he were a woman, he wouldn't, he wouldn't be interested in that. No, almost if, as if like law is for men and like she should find a profession that's for women. And I just thought it was an interesting quote. I wonder how it could be a woman and yet be drawn to unwomanly things. It, yeah. Well, also tough from that guy's perspective because you're thinking from your perspective as a man. Yeah. About how you would feel as a, as a female. And I feel like you can't really do that. Yeah. But yeah. But it's an interesting quote. Nothing to add? All right, moving on. <laughs> too deep for me. It is deep. Do you ever feel any type of way about that in your approach to lifting weights and powerlifting? Because it is a hyper masculine thing in the way that people's perception is that, oh, this is something that if I do, it's going to make me less feminine. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I feel like my entire life I've been drawn to unwomanly things. If for some reason, my entire life I felt maybe something to be s- said about like the relationship I had with my parents where I always felt like I had to prove myself. Um, but I've, I felt like choosing kind of just like going against the grain and proving something to society, to my family about what I could do both physically and academically. I don't know. I've always kind of felt like I had to prove myself. So every single sport I've done has been male-dominated. Soccer, motocross for a while. And yeah, so I would now, argue that the world is now changing that that characteristic is now a feminine virtue. Like yeah. proving yourself. Absolutely. Because of how culture is set up to where it's like, oh, people are going to think that you can't do this. And in the past, girls never did this. Mm-hmm. So it's now a feminine virtue to, um, to push yourself to prove everyone wrong. 
like that's a very feminine thing to do, I would say. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of cool how we're experiencing a shift and a shift that we can benefit on, which is amazing. And we can capitalize on too, most importantly, maybe not most importantly, but um, yeah, it's an interesting time to do, to dabble with the idea of femininity and masculinity. Mm -hmm. What are, hey, what were some of the things that we were talking about the other day? about the things that we've seen on social media and how we feel like that pollutes the idea of, of feminism. What are we saying? I mean, I think we kind of touched on it already with the just creating an us versus them mentality, the message being disingenuous. Yeah. You know, people hopping on the bandwagon because it's what's trendy and profitable right now. Um, and, the, and, and also just constantly drawing attention to the differences between men right. and women. You know, whereas... If you're trying to promote e equality, you should be not necessarily, I don't know, just coming from a position of weakness. Mm -hmm. it, it, there, it, I think that's what what happens a lot is because there's so much talk about it. It's like, it's the whole punching up thing that I was talking about before where there's a constructive way to go about it, which is the way you're doing it. Just, you know, kicking ass and, you know, avoiding those trendy hype words. Uh, and then there's the way that, you know, comes across sort of like, well, I can't compete against men, so I'm going to just try to cater exclusively to the female audience. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that's a little bit counterproductive. That's a great summary. Yeah. Meg, you have, uh, you were saying your audience is about like 50-50, 50% male, 50% yeah. woman. Yeah, on crazy. Instagram, it's like 50 Yeah, that's 50. really good. Mm -hmm. And it's cool because I would be concerned that it, sh it should be more because I feel like I'm a pretty girly girl and the whole point is to try to get gyms full of badass chicks like to join with the badass dudes and have some fun in the gym um so yeah i used to think that was a bad thing i, I wanted it to be like 70 percent women 30 percent men but i think it's just the the nature of powerlifting the nature yeah. of what the sport lifting looks weights. like already and lifting weights but 50 50 like. i think it's great so you you just started a uh training business where you offer online training programs mm -hmm. yeah so we have one program stronger by the day and it is powerlifting based so we focus on getting stronger in the squat bench and deadlift but um it's not it's not in particular to train everyone anyone ready for a meet or anything like that um but it's general training and we focus on getting people strong and having fun and um keeping people healthy mm -hmm. so it's just fun general training. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so we that's have the a plug right there. That's the plug right there. <laughs> but it's for both men and women. Yep. Yep. Anyone's welcome. Um, and anyone in between too. Yeah. So if you don't identify with either, whatever you identify there's with, a you're place, welcome. There's a place for you um, on Stronger by the Day. And our, our Good goal. Name, by the way. Thank you. Um, it was Ryan's idea. I can't take credit. Um, <laughs> and our goal with in line with. Um, you know, motivating people and trying to give resources is always to make strength training approachable, fun, and um, make anyone feel welcome to get stronger. Mm -hmm. So that's how we approach like being a feminist, where it's like maybe women don't have access to X, Y, and Z information or resources for programming. Um, so it's like we made it as cheap as we possibly could to make it accessible for everyone. And that's what we do with all our free information as well. And I know you guys focus on putting as much good free content out there. Mm -hmm. And I think that's our job to make it free and accessible so everyone has can get their hands on 
information so that they can get stronger themselves. Mm -hmm. So that in itself is a feminist act. So way to go, team. I love it. <laughs> I think it's interesting that even uh, even though you portray yourself as, like you said, super girly and feminine, you still draw a pretty large male audience and and clientele. Mm -hmm. You still have like a ton of guys there into the program. I think that's that's cool. Like that says a lot about your influence and your power. That guys want to listen to you and, and view you as a figure of authority in um, a field that's male dominated. Yeah, and we make stuff for everyone, and sometimes we make stuff that's better than what a lot of men out there have to offer mm -hmm. and it's more approachable especially for beginners which is who we try to we want to get people's foot in the door into the gym and however far they can take it that's great uh, but sometimes it's you know we're only with them for the first like two or three years of training mm -hmm. which is perfect that's where i want to be um so it's for anyone and i i think that says a lot about a man too when he's open to working with a woman um, just based on what he may have learned growing up or thought his own kind of uh, preconceived notions of working with and training with a woman. Our strongest lifter is like one of the strongest 83s in the USAPL and Marcus, Marcus, Ma yeah, Marcus awesome. um, and I'm, he's always worked with women coaches mm -hmm. and I'm like, hey, this dude is awesome. Cause I love his open-mindedness to, um, you know, maybe a, he's working with someone who's weaker than him too. So I don't know how like a lifter feels that kind of way, a certain kind of way when they're up and coming. So yeah, he benches your deadlift, but it's cool. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, um, I think it does say a lot about a man and how the culture itself is changing, not just the reflection of me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. I, the only people I've coached coached one-on-one -on -one have been guys Yeah, and the biggest dudes in the gym too. Oh yeah. <laughs> She's uh -huh. been dope. It's awesome. Hey, it, one of my best, the best progress I ever made was working with you the last couple of years, and I'm biased, so I'll <laughs> I'll toot your horn a little bit. But uh, I mean, I think w what you do is very difficult in that you are constantly taking on male athletes who have been competing for a long time, mm -hmm. and you know I was watching sort of my my to progress of my total, still making progress, but it getting less and less as it normally does in in lifting and then i have done the last couple meets with you and it's like just huge spikes in the total so that was pretty cool and it was cool for me to be able to be proof of concept for you yeah i love that yeah. so yeah that's all good stuff so what do we have for uh lifting gossip of the week we got some good stuff Ooh. first of the all goss, the tea the tea oh the man tea. um well we talked about Reebok record breakers uh, last podcast, but I think it's pretty cool uh, to see good guy Herbie stepping up and denying the world record that he got at record breakers. So for those of you who weren't following along with record breakers, um, he uh, Herbie broke the all-time world record. Was it total or squat? Squat. 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 Uh, and he felt that the squat was high, and that's a huge problem, obviously, in powerlifting. High squats getting passed in federations and, uh, you know, people illegitimately getting these world records. And he made a post asking open powerlifting to not count his world record. So I don't know if, if that... I actually don't know how that works and if open powerlifting will take the record or if... Um, that opens like a weird doorway of people 
requesting world records or pressuring people to ask for their world I records think it to be should removed. Be. But yeah, I think he's setting he's setting a, setting a precedent, you know. And like, there's no reason why if he doesn't want that information posted online, it's his information, it's his name, it can't be revoked, you know. Yeah. I thought that was a class act. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. That was definitely. so sick. He's always been a class act. Yeah, yeah. he's a good dude. Yeah. I, I don't know. I think. What about the side of it where, let's say you break a record. Mm-hmm. It's a borderline squat. Borderline squats are to be ruled in favor of the athlete, right? Mm-hmm. Right. What, now you got a, thousands of people hitting you up on social but media he also, asking you to renounce your world record. Well, they, they've always have. For other for other people, I've seen social That's media true. bashing. Come on, tell them not to count this. Why is this place counting it? That's and his true. his wasn't borderline. He even said, no, you yeah, know, it, it wasn't. It was, you know, it was a video from the front, and it was, you know, blatantly high from the front. Yeah, true. That's interesting. Yeah. He was, it's crazy. Is he the first guy to ever do that? I think so. Yeah, definitely. Wow. That do I ever renounce yeah. a world record? Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. That's progress for the sport, for sure. Yeah. Larry Wheels is back on the platform. Wow, yeah, the triumphant return of Larry Wheels looking huger than ever. Yeah. Did you see what, him? What, is he 308? Looked like he was wearing my Yeah, suit he was right. actually, I think, finally close to being a full 308. And he was going for Eric Lillibridge's record again and attempted it on his third deadlift but didn't get it. I think he could have had that total if he would have been a little different on his attempt selection. Yeah, like ben, he, his bench looked pretty easy. His, his bench was very easy, and he benched way under what he hit in training. What was it? Six thirty something. Six thirty-five. Yeah, squat, same thing. Isn't the bench record for that class like six forty? Like he was like just shy, and clearly. Oh, did. really? I think he oh, was wow. like just below it. I'd have to check that, or someone could check that. Caesar. Nice. Yeah. In three hundred eight. Um, but I think it, it was like he had. It looked like he had plenty well, left I, in the I, tank I think to his exceed it. And he was, was like two eighty-eight. So if it wasn't two eighty-seven point five, then maybe he did chip the record. Or he might have. Maybe that was one of his goals right. too. But squat, same thing. He squatted pretty under what he hit in training, um, and then had to make like a hundred-pound jump on deadlift to try to get the the record. But maybe he should come try it at the showdown, February first and second. Let's see what you got, Larry. With a lot of prize money too. I think the guy likes money. I don't think there was prize money at the RPS meet. You know what I mean? Yeah, but it's it's hard to say how close he could have come to that record because of such a big jump. Mm-hmm. Like his, what was his first attempt? Seven oh five or something? The deadlift that he like? got? I think he finished with like an eight uh, eight. No, but I think his first attempt was like seven fifteen. His second attempt or seven oh five, then like eight fifteen, and then nine hundred. Right. Well, so I think his second attempt, his third attempt bench was six thirty five. Like we said, I think his second attempt bench was like something like five forty. But he, I've watched some of his YouTube videos where he talks about like right. he has to make huge jumps, like he doesn't have the gas for multiple like eighty five percent plus attempts, you know, which may come down to his training style and something that needs to be evolved certainly because it is a three attempt sport, you know, like fuck, you're gonna open at sixty percent and then seventy five percent, then go one hundred five percent, like hey, it works for him, but sometimes it fuck it's with also your a total. huge gamble. Yeah, yeah. It's like because what Big if you time. make that huge jump then and you, don't you just make a, don't have it? No that total day. PR. He yeah. left. I think without a total PR. Yeah. Yeah. You know? That's tough. Yeah. What was the other guy that broke the all-time world record? Dan Bell. Dan Bell. Dan Bell. Oh yeah, yeah kind of came he, out of he, nowhere. He recently moved to Florida. He only lives like an hour and a half north of mm-hmm. us. Really? He, yeah. He was from I think Chicago. He used to I think he used to train and compete with Lola Bridges, and then he moved to Daytona. How is refreshing it? is it to see a lifter, especially a super heavy, in wraps, absolutely dunk a squat world oh, record? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like not even like yeah. depth. He's competed at big dogs. He he's been really close. He? I think 
not this past year, but the year before, I want to say. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, he's done some big meets, and then he didn't compete at Big Dogs this year. I saw his training, and it looked like he was crushing it. And then he came out of nowhere and just signed up for that meet without telling anyone. That's yeah. crazy. Nice. He's That's a sweetie. Is he? Remember, was it him and his girlfriend, uh, a girlfriend at the time? They, we were at an expo. This is years ago. And his girlfriend wanted to meet me, and he just came along with her. And Ryan's like, you got to meet Dan Bell. He's so, or like, you, he's huge, right? And um, he had his belt. He was asking other people to sign it. It was his belt that he just competed with. And he met me for the first time. I had no idea who I was. And he was like, can you sign it? And I'm like, <laughs> you sure you want me to sign it? It's like next to like Kim Walford and like all the people, lifters he was trying to meet. I'm like, you sure? I'll, I'll sign it if you want. Maybe it'll be worth some money one day. Yeah. <laughs> But he's always been a sweet guy. Also really cool to see um, Kate Vibert or Catherine and I uh, be represented at the at NBC. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. What was she yeah, doing? A press she was for... on Kelly, Kelly Clarkson's Because you're on uh, Kelly Clarkson's oh, show. Really? I saw her at some photo shoot, but I didn't know exactly what she was doing in L.A. Yeah. Kelly Clarkson. And then she was. they flew her to L.A. to do an NBC Olympics interview, too. Yeah, that's, that's super cool. cool. Wow. She posted a story like, oh, um, does anyone know of a good weightlifting gym in this area? I'm staying in like Century City or whatever. And Meg was like, we're not in town, but if you want to go to our garage gym, we have like a weightlifting, <laughs> yeah. women's weightlifting bar and all the places. Well, you guys have a great setup. Gets the job done. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's Hybrid West, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely not if anyone's watching that. Don't show up at our house. <laughs> Please don't. What else? We're going to plug the address right there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm saying it's okay. Beauty. I think that's all for lifting gossip for this. Damn, that wasn't else? that was all positive stuff. Where's the freaking juice? Where's the tea? Dude? Meg wants Where's to talk shit. I want the tea, sis. None, I love, none this week, I guess. Huh? I love gossip. Come on, guys, do some more high squats so we can bash them. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do them today. There you go. Me too. Let's take a story. I always do those Just once a month. <laughs> um, once a month leg day. So to wrap up the podcast, we have Florida man. What do you got? Caesar, speak into my mouth. Florida man finds a World War II grenade, places it in his truck, and drives to Taco Bell, getting the Taco Bell evacuated. <sighs> so, found it magnet fishing, and he decided to just call the bomb squad after he ate at Taco Bell. That's our Florida people here. How did so they he find... Found, he found a grenade, or a grenade with magnet fishing, magnet fishing puts it in his car, drives to Taco Bell, has a taco, says, I'm going to call the bomb squad. Yep, and then everybody got evacuated. Wow. Oh, wow. Do you Does think... it say what kind of taco he ordered? I was thinking this as a crunch wrap. Is this good? Yeah. Anyways. Do you, um, do you think that bomb is active? What is um, what is magnet fishing? So they get like a strong magnet and they literally just throw <laughs> it into nuts. the water and capture it. Oh, my gosh. From... That is so but, Florida alone right there. Yeah, but, but you, know, all right, you're not... like you go to the South Beach, there's the people walking around with those things trying to find oh, your the metal detectors. Jewelry. It's, yeah, it's yeah. not like this real... This is the water version of that. <laughs> they're fucking throwing it in. They're trying to catch some jewelry, dog. We, we, uh, right. I, that's a, it's a valid thing. I, we went to Salt River in Arizona when I was a kid. And uh, there's a part you can do like the full day or the half day trip. And on the half day trip, you literally have to grab the bottom of the the river and like pull yourself over to the side or else you have like another few hours on the river. So at that point, uh, someone we were with did it and lost their ring. Like it came (gasps) off because they were, you know, doing that. And so my dad kind of like walks back out through the water. He goes, oh, I found it. Reaches down. 
just picks up a totally different ring. <gasps> so like people, you know, you're sitting in the water, you're all mm-hmm. soggy and and they maybe you know, wash up to the side or something. Yeah, and that there's just probably a gold mine of people's rings and jewelry and stuff that that comes off in this river. So I think. So I want to know what this guy got besides a grenade. That's what I really want to know. There's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's entire YouTube channels on that. People literally just go find random stuff. They find like guns, phones, GoPros. Wow. That's nuts. Yeah, we, I, uh, honestly, I wonder if that grenade is still, like, do, would it still be active after so many years being underwater? It's not, right? But I feel like I can't take chances in yeah. those no. scenarios, though. That's crazy. <laughs> hey, also, there was a Florida, well, Florida dog story. Wasn't it that dude, the dog that <laughs> was driving a car? What, does anyone know the background Oh, I saw on that? that. Was it a Tesla? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but he was driving for, like, five minutes, wasn't it? Like, he was, like... Driving for a stretch. Over an hour? Over a an dog? Hour? Wait, he had his hands on the steering wheel. He was freaking... You better video plug this if there's video Dude, are you serious? Jesus. How was he controlling the car? How was he hitting the gas? I don't know. Maybe it was just in drive, like, and it was just going, like, five miles an hour. Uh, that's wow. crazy. <laughs> Florida. Whoa, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Crazy. You never cease to amaze me, baby. <laughs> you cr- you one crazy little girl, Florida. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, Florida's I just girl, assumed eh? it's gender. I feel like uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. The madness of Florida might only be able to be fully captured by a male. Uh, I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies be crazy, man. Come on. <laughs> All right, fair. Awesome. Women in heat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys, thank you for tuning in to this week's episode, episode number two of Hybrid Unlimited. This episode was brought to you by myself (laughs) and all of our hybrid products. Uh, Remember, you can shop for our apparel at, where is it? Hybrid.apparel, no, hybridapparel.store. Get together, guys. Jesus. I was put on the spot. It's going to be plugged right there. Don't worry. You can also shop for our training programs at hybridperformancemethod.com as well as nutrition, um, or you can sign up for Strong Strong Friends, Stronger by the Day. Yep. Where can we find you? At strongstrongfriends.com, and you can find me everywhere at Meg Squats. She so. doesn't already know who she is. That's crazy. Yeah. You can find me at linkedin.com slash uh, Ryan Espiritu. <laughs> uh, send me a connection request. <laughs> I'll probably approve it. How many LinkedIn do you have? Uh, I think I have a lot. I, or I just haven't used it. In Anytime we're on something like this, which is rarely Ryan's on something like this, he always promotes his LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Trying to get I have lit. 500 plus. I have 500 plus, yeah. but I don't know. Everybody has 500 plus, Steffi. Come on. Oh, yeah? I don't even, I don't even think I case? have LinkedIn. <laughs> Loser. He doesn't even have one. Hey, what about you? Where can they find you? December. You're going to be in New York. <gasps> yeah, but we said, yeah, I oh, guess, yeah. yeah. I'll be in New York in December, December 12th through the 16th for... Uh, Strong New York seminar at Solis. Are you going to see Beetlejuice? I might if I have time. <gasps> and see Come From Away. I've heard that it's about Canadians. Mm-hmm. You should see it. I cried the entire the entire time. Just oh, I don't know sobbing. about that. I'm pretty sentimental. I might. I don't want to go and cry. For it's like time. a heartwarming, it's heartwarming. Uh, story. It's not like I mean, there's it gets me. It's yeah. Canadians and Americans softy. coming together to make the world a better place in the wake of September 11th. Hayden uh, cries at the beginning of hockey games every time. National anthem. National anthem. Can't do it. Yeah. Oh, Canada? Whatever. That one? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Could be Iraq. 
So if someone's singing it passionately, <laughs> gets me. Mm. All right, guys, that was all for this week. Uh, hope to get, hope to see you soon. That was a terrible outro. Can I try that again? All right, guys, that was all for this week. <laughs> see you guys on the next episode of Hybrid Unlimited. Bye.